we're going to see a generation of entrepreneurs, many of them Harambeans, who are addressing problems people already have in ways that enable them to solve them. And that's both the essence of entrepreneurship and the essence of sustainable development by creating markets that then pull in infrastructure, jobs, and the resources needed to solve those problems. You're listening to Harambians at Work, young African innovators who have pledged to work together as one to build Africa's future. On today's show, we meet up with legendary entrepreneur Jeremy Johnson, who is the CEO of Andela, which he co-founded with Harambian Iyinolua Aboyeji, who joined our alliance in 2010. In order to scale Andela's bold vision to another level, Jeremy then brought on board another Harambian, Seni Suleiman, class of 2015, who currently serves as the company's VP of Global Operations. To complete the circle, Andela is now even producing Harambians themselves with Olatunde Garuba, class of 2018, being the first Andela fellow to sign our Harambe declaration in Bretton Woods. Garuba himself is co-founder and CTO of Fiber, a venture which he started with fellow Harambian Obinna Okwadu. Andela demonstrates how Harambe is building a community of trust among African innovators and fostering relationships that are shaping Africa's entrepreneurial ecosystem. After his online education startup 2U went public in 2014, Jeremy Johnson co-founded Andela to connect top-tier companies such as Microsoft and IBM with the leading tech talent in Africa. The project caught the attention of the likes of Mark Zuckerberg, who led a $24 million investment with his wife Priscilla at the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative. Andela continued to raise further rounds of capital from groups such as Spark Capital, Google Ventures and the Omidyar Network. CRE Venture Capital, based in Cape Town, South Africa, was the lead investor in a $40 million round back in 2017. And just this year, Andela was able to secure a Series D round of $100 million led by Al Gore's Generation Investment Management, one of the largest capital raises by an African tech company. So without further delay, we bring you Mr. Jeremy Johnson. Could you just start off by introducing yourself and um, just you know, name where you're from and um, what you do? Yeah, of course. Hey, I'm Jeremy Johnson, CEO and co-founder of Vandela. Uh, I'm from New Jersey originally, but uh, live in New York and I'm back and forth to Lagos, Nairobi, Kampala, and Kigali uh, pretty frequently, about every two or three months these days. When you think about Andela, think there are literally five open jobs right now for every software developer looking for in the United States. Five. There's zero chance that market is going to be solved. On the other side, across Africa, you have the youngest, fastest growing continent on the planet with an explosion of interest in technology. Connecting those is the notion of technology no longer needing to be built by teams that are in the same location. Once, when you realize that, all of a sudden, what Andela does help companies around the world tap into that extraordinary talent without them having to leave their country becomes totally obvious. Andela developers now work with hundreds of the best tech companies around the world as full-time distributed team members without having to leave their home country. We facilitate that and in the process are working to prove that brilliance is evenly distributed, opportunity should be as well. Beautiful. Now that's a good quote. Um, so yeah, how did you, how did Africa get on your radar and um, you know, can you tell 
the brief story of how it came together in the early days. Yeah. Um, Africa got on my radar because of a Harambian, actually. And so uh, in 2012, uh, Inalua Aboyeji reached out to me. And I was in the process of building a company called To You. Uh, and as a result of that company's growth, I had become pretty involved in the education technology world. Uh, and he reached out just asking for advice on his startup. And we met when he was in New York and ended up just becoming friends. And, uh, and I would give him advice from time to time on his company. Uh, fast forward a couple of years, uh, Christina Sass, another of our co-founders, is with the MasterCard Foundation and invites me out to Nairobi to give a talk. Uh, and over the course of that, I realized that there like, needed to be a way to leverage education to scale impact. And at the same time, I also was well aware, being part of the tech world, that talent was a huge challenge for almost every company. And yet, here, here we were realizing that this talent is evenly distributed around the world. Why is there not more interaction with the United States and African technology worlds at the time? Uh, that's obviously grown, but at the very beginning, it was just, why doesn't this exist? Uh, and so I came back to, back to New York, sat down with E, uh, and we decided to kick off a pilot in Lagos that would offer to pay people to learn software development. I'd never been to Lagos at that point. And just through Twitter, we were looking for four individuals who'd want to take part in this. We ended up with 750 applicants with no website. So we decided to run it again the next month. For 20 spots, we had 2,400 applicants. And of them, 42 were in the top 2% aptitude in problem solving of anyone on the planet. And so the notion of brilliance being evenly distributed just hit us over the head. And we realized that this is something that just had to exist in the world. Uh, and you know, I, I stepped down from 2U three months after we went public. Christina was supposed to do a, uh, was, had gotten into a fully funded MBA PhD program at Harvard. Steps down from that, uh, Ian, Nad, and Bryce all say, you know what, this is what we want to do. Stop working on uh, their previous company, Fora, uh, and decide that all together we're going to form this team to try to attack this specific problem. Uh, I wouldn't say that we knew exactly what we were doing at the time, but we certainly had a, had a clear vision for what we thought was possible and a clear vision for that core principle of brilliance being evenly distributed and wanting to help the world see that that was true. Maybe we can dive into this this notion of, you know, there were six co-founders, but when you look at the breakdown, right, three from North America and, and was it also Canada? Yeah, three from North America and three from Africa. So, okay. Just talk a little bit about that and what your thoughts are around, you know, could this have come together any other way and what, what are the benefits and, and also like what are the downsides to that? Yeah. Andela is the definition of a story that needed a diverse team to make it possible. And so at the very beginning, we had three people from the continent of Africa and three from North America. And each of those people played a critical role in bringing Andela up and bringing it into the world. And you know, had it not been for our co-founders from the continent, this would not have been my obvious next 
next step. Uh, now I look back and this is the thing I'm most proud of in my career. Uh, uh, this, is, this is deeply, deeply like, personally meaningful and Africa is deeply personally meaningful to me. Uh, but my, my sort of core comes back to like the human component of how are we unlocking potential and talent and how are we leveraging education technology as a tool to do that. Uh, and in the process, how do we bring the world a little bit closer together and uh, to realizing that race, gender, and nationality have nothing to do with aptitude and ability. And I think back to, to the early days, Andela, Andela would not have worked if we didn't have people coming at this giant problem from very different perspectives and different sides trying to understand how we could bring the world together in order to solve it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think the reason that it's important also is because you do have, you know, a lot of people that think it's like, okay, well, you know, a, a company that needs to operate at scale in Africa needs to be done a certain way, you know, and this is one of the things that, you know, I think we just need to try to dispel is that there is a certain way to do things. Mm -hmm. In some ways, what you all have proven is that, you know, the, the way the, the, the path is whatever works, right? And for you guys, I mean, could you have set out to say, let's get six co-founders and let's all come together and do this? It, it happened organically, you know? So um, that's one of the reasons that we, we want to highlight that is because it's, it's um, you know, it's, it's trying to break down that myth that there, there ha it has to be done a certain way, right? Yeah, there is. You look at, and you look at this across any entrepreneurial ecosystem, every time there's a new paradigm, People say it has to be done this certain way, the way that it's always been done, and that's never actually the case. Bringing something new into the world doesn't have a blueprint. No one's ever built that thing before. And so people try to, and I think this is a largely tied to the development community, like try to say this is how it must be done. And the reality of innovation and entrepreneurship is just not that simple. Yes, and so maybe we can dive into that a bit. Uh, this idea of you know, um, and you've read the book, right, um, uh, Prosperity Paradox, um, this idea that, you know, uh, real economic development is going to happen through innovation, through private sector, through entrepreneurs, and how do we support all that? You know, what are your thoughts around um, the, the role that the youth uh, of Africa are going to play in, in sort of this bigger economic development story? Um, what are your, what are your sort of thoughts around, around that? I think that the, uh, oftentimes uh, the youth of Africa are referred to this youth bulge because you have this very large population of young people. And frequently in development circles, people think of it as a concern or a crisis, like what are we going to do? How are we going to provide jobs for all these people? Uh, which I think the prosperity paradox proves in many ways that it's just the exact wrong way to think about it. The youth bulge, the young people across the continent, are actually its greatest asset. And they, I believe, are going to be the foundation of the real development that does take place. You don't have to be young to be an entrepreneur. Like that's, that's a very common, uh, common myth. But it doesn't hurt to have a ton of energy. It doesn't hurt to be optimistic and idealistic and to believe that the world doesn't have to look the way that it has looked throughout your life. And that is something that is easier for a young person to wrap their head around than for someone who's seen it the same way decade over decade over decade. And I think we're going to see over the next 10 years an explosion of 
not just startups, but companies that scale around the continent, driven by young founders and young coworkers and colleagues and partners that understand that the world can look different. I think the prosperity paradox is going to be an important part of that because it helps see how actual development happens. And that's generally not top-down. I think the world is going to see that the prosperity paradox is actually going to be an important like, like moment in time that helps the broader development community understand what actually works. And what works is supporting those entrepreneurs. It's market-creating innovations where you're essentially addressing non-consumption or people that wouldn't be able to afford or engage with a solution to a problem they already have. And we're going to see a generation of entrepreneurs, many of them Harambeans, who are addressing problems people already have in ways that enable them to solve them. And that's both the essence of entrepreneurship and the essence of sustainable development by creating markets that then pull in infrastructure, jobs, and the resources needed to solve those problems. And that's a perfect segue. So can you talk a little bit about um, how Andela is supporting entrepreneurship? And, and more specifically, you know, when you look at the story of Andela, right, you had E there, but then obviously you've got uh, Mr. Suleiman, and then you also have the fiber story, right? And, mm -hmm. and I think that's what's fascinating is that from that first cohort, you've already been saying, hey, you, you naturally, right, have created your own sort of uh, ecosystem where you're saying, okay, well now and then, and, and Dellen is going to start a company and then they're going to go through Harambe and like it's, can you talk a little bit about how that sort of intersection has has come up and, and sort of the the role that you see Andela playing and, and then also, you know, how, how this sort of Harambe uh, story is, is intertwined there? Yeah. Because uh, in a lot of ways, you're not just creating software developers, right? Mm -hmm. You're creating future entrepreneurs, right? Completely. Folks that are then going to come back and hire Andelans and, you know, so it's... it's it's really interesting. Yeah. When people look back and tell the story of Andela, they're going to recognize very clearly and obviously the importance of talent creation and like the cultivation of talent. What is going to be a little bit harder to see is the impact it's had on entrepreneurship. Not because it won't be really profound, but because it's just a little bit less obvious. When you think about the story of Andela to date, you've had Harambean as a co-founder, You've had a Harambian as one of the key leaders in the company helping to scale it. And we've actually now had, as of this past year, a Harambian who was part of one of the early cohorts of software developers in Nigeria, who now is co-founder of another of the most exciting startups in Lagos. And so entrepreneurship is really, at its core, just a recognition that there are problems that need to be solved and then saying, how can I find a way to solve this problem? Someone has this challenge, how can I solve it for them? And when you think about the cultivation of talent, it's bringing people to the point where they're able to solve problems really effectively. And so Andela is working towards building this network of problem solvers who will sometimes do that through technology and through software and sometimes through starting companies that require more than just software, but also 
operations and sales and marketing and legal. And that, at its core, is how new industries are formed. These problem solvers recognize this world can be different. The world is malleable, and I have the ability to change it. And I think Harambe embodies that, that ethos and helps people see that they can too. And that combined with Andela and the technical skill set around problem solving, I think are an extraordinary match. Thank you for listening to Harambians at Work, young African innovators who have pledged to work together as one to build Africa's future. This podcast has been brought to you by Harambians and Young Premier Media. To access more information about the Alliance, go to harambians.com. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Before making strategic business decisions, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by the Harambe Entrepreneur Alliance. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.